Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are tuning in in this world. This is Tracy Murda with the Future Tech Podcast. Today, I have a very exciting guest, Rain Steinberg, of the CEO and co-founder of ARCA Funds. Rain, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Tracy. Thanks for having me. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today, so why don't we begin where you sort of all started on this crypto journey and kind of give our listeners an idea of what got you started? Sure. Um, back in 2000, I uh, co-founded an ETF company called Wisdom Tree, uh, where we married uh, the novel ETF wrapper, that's an exchange-traded fund, um, with a really great intellectual property, uh, dividend-weighted indexes underneath. Um, and what was interesting about this was even though the financial product was really terrific um, and there was no uh, resistance on that from the financial community, there was a lot of resistance to our fee structure. So, um, and the, the fee structure that we envisioned was low. Um, this at the time was a high fee world and was set up to sell high fee products. And um, every financial service company that we approached um, about funding Wisdom Tree or building this product where there was no doubt um, from any of the things we were saying that it was going to take in billions of assets. And Wisdom Tree now has $60 billion in assets under management. Um, but they didn't want to use the ETF wrapper. They wanted to put the intellectual property um, in a high-fee wrapper that their sales team could sell. So this was uh, just instructive to me on how hard it is for uh, industries to kind of disrupt themselves or kind of eat their own young. Um, and fast forward to the crypto world where um, I saw similar... Um, opportunity as wisdom tree. I see crypto as both an asset class uh, for people to invest in, but also as a novel uh, wrapper uh, to wrap both financial service products, um, all sorts of things. You know, the, the interesting thing about um, crypto and blockchain, it's, it's technology that adds much more utility um, to the wrapper. So there's all sorts of interesting and, uh, you know, very novel and potentially beneficial things to be done for consumers. Um, but hard to do for the financial service industry, um, you know, the traditional ones, because it's very much about disrupting, um, you know, their value proposition of being, you know, those trusted centers um, with all those layers of costs. So um, while they may be the most appropriate to address this space, um, it's hard for them to get there. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously still a lot of uncertainty, you know, surrounding this crypto and blockchain space. As interesting as it is, there's still a lot of, I mean, I know myself every morning, you know, my account check things. Um, so why do you think a company like Arca is important in today's crypto world? Sure. This is, I think uh, it's important, especially in today's crypto world, uh, because we're really approaching the world as it is. Um, ARCA is about empowering both institutional and individual investors to securely, compliantly, and transparently build confidence and trust in this new digital ecosystem. And what I mean by that is right now, society and you know, the world as we know it is arranged in a very centralized manner. Um, so not only are the systems centralized, but our, our footing and our approach to it is centralized. People are used to uh, giving their power away to central authorities. 
and trusting them, you know, to maintain transactions, orderly accounting of things, stores of value, you know, settle disputes. Um, digital currencies and crypto is about decentralizing that trust. And it's very difficult to actually do technologically, um, and it, but it's also very difficult for people to understand. Like um, they really don't understand what self-custody is. You know, when a bank like JP Morgan or Chase has your uh, money or keys, if something goes wrong with your passwords, you call up customer service and you, you recover them by proving who you are. In this ecosystem, uh, you are the, your own custodians and you keep your own private keys. If you were to lose them, um, that is potentially catastrophic for whatever assets they're pointing to. So that, you know, just something as simple as that, where people are used to not having that level of responsibility and power, um, you know, creates freedom, but it also creates a lot of danger and confusion. So ARCA um, is really about bridging the gap between this centralized world um, and this utopian, like completely decentralized world. We believe that there's appropriate regulation to, uh, to protect consumers and uh, that it should be followed and that people really need kind of training wheels um, and products that will help them get further into this ecosystem. So to experiment and use it safely um, without um, you know, the danger of catastrophic loss. Now, ARCA has two main lines of business. Let's talk a little bit more about the asset management as well as the, the financial products. Sure. Um, so like I said, we view um, crypto and blockchain as both an asset class um, and a financial infrastructure. And what I mean by that is uh, we think people can invest in it um, for gain, similar to stocks or bonds, and they can represent um, you know, the asset appreciation um, on one side. And then on the other side, there's building things like ETFs using the blockchain technology, smart contracts, things like that, to create uh, financial service products and other products of greater utility. Um, on the crypto and blockchain as an asset class, um, we have a family of hedge funds. Uh, the first one is the Digital Assets Fund, uh, which allow, allows qualified institutional buyers um, and high net worth individuals the ability to buy crypto um, safely um, with Wall Street veterans and financial technology people overseeing the investment and the housing of the assets. Um, and really looking at it as a risk management, protect your capital first while having the best of security and custody um, at, you know, at the structure level of the fund. And what's important about this, what people don't really realize about this, this is again, the centralized versus decentralized world is people are used to a very structured uh, system for stocks um, and securities housing. So people aren't really concerned if we, either with an E-Trader account or a financial manager, the assets just disappearing or being hacked because uh, that's not really a danger. So they're not used to uh, the type of questions and what you need to ask from a financial manager who's specializing in these assets. Um, just as important as the investment process or how they think of the space is their security, uh, their custody procedures, their accounting, their operations. These are all things that are, because this space is so new, um, in this decentralized world where there aren't centralized custody and holding places, this is all being built. So if you're um, talking to a manager or thinking about doing this yourself, you actually have to be very careful about custody and security first before you even think about um, you know, the asset appreciation. Because if it is stolen or hacked or you lose your keys, um, regardless of whatever you were trying to do investment-wise, um, it's a zero. 
So, you know, those are the type of things that people have to be much more um, careful about and thoughtful about um, in this space. And it's why it makes a lot of sense to have a professional um, like us or other people um, manage your money. And the reason we use the hedge fund structure is because we really view um, crypto in, as an investment as most appropriate for um, really sophisticated uh, investors right now. It's the only commingled vehicle that's really blessed by the SEC is a hedge fund, which you know allows a broad mandate, but you must have sophisticated, um, wealthy investors in it. And you really need people um, in this very volatile, risky asset class to approach it that have the wherewithal and the understanding that this could be a zero. So that's why we only, um, our investment products as an asset class, um, only cater to high net worth and qualified institutional buyers. And then- My next question is- uh, Sure. What actually, for you, defines the qualified buyer or investor? What, you know, there's a specific dollar amount. Sure. You know, yeah, it's, it's, five, it's five million um, in uh, net worth or a million in liquid um, assets. It's what's, it's what's defined by the, mm-hmm. uh, the regulators um, as a high net worth individual. Um, so um, the, in the hedge fund structure, it's a GPLP structure where- we sign you know, an agreement with a limited partner, and we can have up to lim- uh, 99 limited partners in that fund. And the investment size minimum is a million dollars. So you know, it's obviously for a sophisticated, wealthy investor group. And those are the ones that we see right now. If people that are thinking about getting involved in this space, especially the ones that are sophisticated and have probably a lot of assets in other spaces, um, they're interested about this, but it's very dangerous for them to get involved. There's regulatory um, and legal um, murkiness. Um, there's also the people that you deal with um, and not being used to their normal custodians who they deal with. And then there's also um, this idea that you don't know if something like this could be a zero um, because you are trusting people. There's a whole different level of security um, when, you, when you deal with this stuff. And in the asset management world, if you're a pension and endowment fund where you have $100 billion in assets, um, you're not really um, going to lose your job if you uh, lose 100 basis points here or there. If you do make an allocation to a potentially fraudulent crypto company, there's quite a bit of risk there. So they are very wary and careful about investigating the space, even if they are interested in it. Um, So we um, attempt to speak their language approach the investment process as they do, you know, with uh, due diligence questionnaires, RFPs, understanding that a sales process with somebody like that may be up to 18 months while they do their due diligence and get comfortable. And we are, that is the type of time frame that we're comfortable with. Uh, you know, Wisdom Tree, we spent four years uh, just building the products and going through the SEC, another two years after uh, getting approval before launching. So, the idea of dealing with long time frames to bring sophisticated um, investors into great products is not um, uncomfortable for us and is, is our plan. Um, and that's a little bit different generally than the, than the players in the space who, who have a shorter time frame type of view. Now, when you're talking about the digitalized tokens, which tokens specifically, or is there, you know, is there a limit to how many you'll look into or, you know, what is sort of your framework when it comes to, to examining, uh, you know, where you'll invest. 
Sure. So um, in the hedge fund product, um, the mandate for the digital assets fund is the top 100 either coins or tokens, as you would say, by market cap. And that's think Bitcoin, Ethereum, EOS. Um, and we take a fundamental bottoms up view where we have a very strict research process and that marries um, true financial analysts um, who have experience with early stage startups because these things are both you know, currencies, technology products, and underlying companies. So there's a fundamental analysis basis of the teams and the technology. And then here's the interesting thing where this is all kind of being invented now is a lot of the research um, is done by our development team that's working on the other products. Um, so they're building our blockchain products, but they're also in the GitHubs, in the development environments, conversing with the people on other projects. And that is actually a key uh, necessity to understand um, what's going on with these things, because they're not just securities or financial products, they're also technology products. And a lot of the potential value um, of them accrues by how many people are developing on them, what the path is, um, how the development community sees the utility of it, um, all of those type of things, which are not net really obvious to um, non-technical people. And also technical people don't really generally like to be security analysts. So um, working together with them um, really kind of in their process and not really trying to um, you know, drive investment decisions is the way we do that. So we select them fundamentally. They make them in the portfolio at that point. And then it's a risk management practice where our portfolio manager, Jeff Dorman, has, uh, you know, over 10 years experience trading illiquid securities. And he takes very much a risk management approach, which is really looking at not how much you can make in these because we have a very long-term bullish um, outlook on the whole space, but it's volatile and you can actually lose quite a bit while we're waiting for this big uh, value creation moment. So it's thinking about right-sizing these uh, positions, um, moving risk up and down as we see the macro environment changing, um, and we're comfortable going to quite a bit of cash um, when we don't like um, the overall risk environment or things have run up. And that has served us well so far. The fund's only been launched for about four months, um, but we have uh, much better uh, returns than the overall crypto indexes. And in this really volatile asset class, that's also something institutional investors want to see. They're not used to um, you know, an investment of theirs moving around 25 or 30% in a month. That is, you know, considered quite dangerous and alarming uh, in normal asset classes. That's, that can happen in a month in the crypto and blockchain ecosystem. So can just anyone from anywhere who's qualified become an investor with ARCA or how is it, are you only able to work with folks in the U.S. or is this more of a global approach? Um, it's global. Um, so we have a two-tiered uh, structure, which a lot of hedge funds do. So we have a international feeder fund, which allows in international investors um, access to the fund. And um, we're set up and based in the U.S. Um, as well. Um, but anybody anywhere that is a qualified institutional buyer or high net worth individual um, can invest. So what is the best way, Rain, for someone to start the process with you? I'm um, sure. Uh, the best way uh, right now, uh, we're in the middle of a rebrand, but 
um, if you go to our website, um, www.ar.ca, ARCA, um, you will see um, some very generic information. But if you click through, there's a bunch of links that say, um, follow to our investor portal. Um, this is a, um, a portal to all of our uh, fund materials. And we have this behind a set of questions which you self-select to be a qualified institutional or high net worth investor. So you have to raise your hand to say that I am one of these, but then once you're behind it, um, you can see all of our documents, our fund offering documents, our investor decks, all of our returns, um, our thought leadership, um, some of our evergreen uh, education material about the space. Um, we, you know, we deal with people that have zero uh, knowledge and interest in crypto, all the way up to experts, people that are running their own mining operations. Um, and we have education material that can kind of help you um, bridge the gap on some of these complicated, uh, you know, issues with the space, but not not beyond comprehension for normal people. It's just there's a lot of um, confusing, you know, misinformation. And we have some very clear pieces that give you a broad understanding. And then if you like what you see, uh, you know, reach out to us. There's some links about contacting info or us directly on our phone lines and we will get right out to you and we'll start the investment process. I just have a couple more questions for you and this is a little bit more fun for me probably than you to answer, but <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Well, since we're coming to the end of the year here, let's, uh, let's get your take on, I mean, what are you expecting for 2019 as far as um, government regulations? Is our crypto going to turn around? I mean, where, where do you see? And another you know, last question would be, do you think that what ARCA is doing is ready for the mainstream? Um, you know, once you've been around long enough, I mean, is it going to open yep. to anyone who's maybe not at that $5 million mark? What, it, what are some things for coming along for you? Sure. Um, that lines up with really the other side of our business. That was um, developing blockchain products um, for both institutional and retail people. And our first one is a SEC-approved stable token um, backed by U.S. Treasuries. Um, we just submitted our prospectus, and it's under review, and we had our meeting uh, with the commission, I think it was just last Tuesday. And all right, what we're trying to do here is, in the ecosystem of crypto, um, one of the big problems is volatility, first of all. Um, so wild swings um, to get out of Bitcoin, you still have to either go to something called a stable token. And there's uh, many out there, but they all have uh, various problems. And or you could go to cash. And but that's you leave the ecosystem of crypto and you're dealing all of a sudden with the banking system again. Um, our innovation here is to use the 40 Act um, product, um, which is the same that you see for ETFs. So that has an independent fund board, a true custodian of assets, and back it with U.S. Treasuries um, and a, on an exact basis or whatever money comes into this fund, um, that's represented by the same amount of U.S. Treasuries. It gives you a yield and allows you to participate in the ecosystem in a fully regulated um, product. So if something were to happen to ARCA, if we were to go out of business, um, nothing would happen to your funds there. Um, you know, there's a separate custodian, separate fund board, um, and every one of those dollars is in U.S. Treasuries. Um, so this allows people um, who are wanting to explore crypto, but not necessarily 
um, wanting to deal with the volatility or some of the concerns of having to investigate every financial service company involved with it because none of us are, you know, the Merrill Lynch's or these, you know, established financial institutions. So we have a very short track record and people should be very, you know, wary of new companies. So this allows you to participate without any of the vicarious risk of a new company. So we think that's kind of a long answer to how we're addressing it. But for 2019, I think there's going to be a more of a regulatory embrace of this technology, um, not a free-for-all. Uh, I think the regulators, from what we saw, are looking for ways to bring people into regulation, um, but not stifle the technology. So how do you create products that are safer and better for investors, but still allow them uh, to use this technology? So that's what we see in 2019. More regulation, um, more companies embracing regulation, and putting out products uh, like the one that we are talking about. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rain, for your time today. This has been an awesome interview, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners got a lot out of it, and hopefully some new uh, investors for you. So I thank you again for our listeners. This is uh, Rain Steinberg, of CEO and co-founder of ARCA Funds. Rain, thank you so much, and I wish you a great holiday here coming up this week. Thanks, Tracy. You too. Happy uh, Turkey Day to everybody out there. <laughs> Thanks so much. Have a good one. You too. Bye. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.